Welcome into the first show here on Talk Radio WRNR. Welcome into the Sports Mix. I'm Spencer Dupuis. And I'm Nick Verzellini. Excited to uh, get it started, Spencer. First ever episode and uh, a lot to talk about today in sports. Yeah, there is a lot to talk about in sports. And... Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into this edition of the Sports Mix Special Open because we've been on the air for one year. 8-9-2021, we premiered the Sports Mix right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 show brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, family-owned, full-service funeral home, proudly serving the area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here as one year and uh, we kind of started the show as Colin being a intermittent guest, and now you've uh, brought yourself on to be a full-time co-host. Hard to believe. Wow. Yeah. Just look at him. Exactly. <laughs> a year ago, this guy couldn't couldn't have been there every day, but now he is. <laughs> JK, you, you I was there every day. It was just <laughs> pretty much yeah doing other things. But it's been a year. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe it's been a year that we've been on the air. A lot of growth uh, in our professional careers here in this one year of being on the air. But uh, excited for another year. See what's to come as we'll have a lot more for you here, especially coming up in the next, uh, I guess, two weeks. We'll have these uh, TV10 Inside Training Camp specials that will air the week of the first games. Uh, But it's going to be a uh, great next year, I guess, because this is one full year. Uh, but happy to continue to do this here in the Eastern Panhandle, and uh, I, I'm ready for another exciting year, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I think you know this year can only be better than the last year. I think now that we've been around the teams, you know, we have an idea of the schools, a little bit of the history and stuff like that. Uh, especially when talking local sports, I think uh, overall the content has improved, and I expected to continue to get better with that stuff so uh you know locally i think you know we're really excited we kind of have a better understanding of uh epac and shepherd sports and uh definitely looking forward to this next year of uh seeing how those teams do and, and just continuing the show continuing to find new ways to maybe make the show more interesting or even like you have this idea of the training camp show that we're going to be doing today and, and throughout the week uh, next two weeks, next week. really. So that will be something exciting that's brand new, and we'll continue to try to, I guess, uh, come up with new stuff like that. Yeah, Innovation. Innovate. Innovation here on uh, Talk Radio WR and RNTV 10. Uh, but we'll first get it started with some local sports news. Spring Mills won the Golf Quad Wrangler at the Woods on Monday. The Cardinals scored 165 and were followed by Musselman at 170, Hedgesville at 179, and Berkeley Springs at 170. 93 Carson Cox of Spring Mills, Kendall Shepard of Musselman, and Michael Maddox of Hedgesville each shot 39 to lead play. Uh, congrats to them as uh, golf is really the first sport in the panhandle to, uh, or I guess in high school athletes and athletics in the state of West Virginia to really get competition going first. 
in the fall season. So I know they're all those teams are looking forward to having a great a golf season. Yeah, I was just going to make the comment that I wish I could shoot what the uh, total of the entire team shot. <laughs> I think we all wish we could do that, Colin. Because uh, we're not that good at golf, as people remember a few months ago after uh, we did the scrambles for uh, FCA in Martinsburg. Yeah, that uh, I was just going to say. It was a fun that, time, though. It, it surprised me when I saw that golf was already starting, but then I thought about it and was like, well, I guess you do have to play golf outside and nobody wants to play golf in the cold so get it started yeah. sooner rather than later because i only know school hasn't even started yet right uh, it does Correct. not start i believe until the 22nd yep yeah so i mean golf is starting actual competition before you even get into school which is kind of crazy yeah. and uh today we'll be out at uh we will be out at denny price stadium getting ready to uh or shooting our inside training camp with the Muscleman Appleman, this Muscleman Apple te- Appleman team, uh, we'll kind of break it down here for you. Uh, last year, a lot of injuries. Injuries were kind of what happened with the Appleman team, and uh, you, you were forcing your wide receiver to play quarterback. And now they've got Baden Hartman back, who was injured last year, and uh, looking to have a great year. And, you know, you look back at this, season last year it was not the best of seasons for the Applemen as they were only able to win three games last year going three and seven and and uh just not where they wanted to be after getting a big win in week one of 56 to 23 over spring mills they uh went on to lose four straight they beat hedgesville 35 nothing wheeling park 25 to 17 and then fell in their final three to washington bridgeport and parkersburg uh, but they're revamped, reloaded this year, ready to go, and we're uh, ready to, uh, I guess you'd say, learn more about this 2022 team as we'll be out there at practice today. Yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing how they are. I was looking at uh, the journal because uh, Kozlowski, Koz, just put out a great piece about uh, this Musselman team, and as you already said, Spencer, it's a team that was full of injuries last year, and uh, Damas, who was the star wide receiver for Musselman, had to go play quarterback and in situations like that it's tough and that's what you saw unfortunately if you're a Muscleman fan last year going three and seven the first a losing record for that football team in almost a decade but expect uh, the team to be able to come back uh, in full this year hopefully no injuries to uh, have to deal with again I think I saw in the article that Kaz put out last year with all the injuries they had they were not even able to go eleven on eleven in practice. I, no, I do remember that. Now talk like when we bring up these and things about crazy last year for a football. Team. I remember Coach Thomas telling us that they, that that was a problem a couple times, and then uh, thinking back, you know, uh, having Ray Adamas have to step back there. I remember when he told us that during the interview, and I just was like, all these memories from last year's mm-hmm. football season are just rushing back to my head as we talked with every EPAC coach every week uh last year and brought it to you on the show it's just it's i think that you're going to see this team be a kind of total turnaround from last year if they can stay healthy i mean you look at the season prior uh they finished i believe seven and one then they beat university 64 to 26 in round one of the playoffs in 2020 uh but unfortunately due to covid in the map they couldn't play the next week in the playoffs so they were eliminated from the playoffs via that covid map that uh, everybody hates Uh, But, you know, you look at the schedule this year, Spring Mills week one, Martinsburg week two, those are flipped. 
as to where they are. They're both away games, and then they're at Jefferson week three, at Sharando week four. Uh, they're um, on the 20th. I, I don't know if it's the 23rd or 30th. I'll have to look. One of those weeks is a bye week, I'm, I'm presuming here, but it has uh, Morgantown at home for one of those dates. Uh, Hedgesville at home, 10-7. Wheeling Park at home on 10-14, 10-21 against Washington at home, Bridgeport at home, and Parkersburg at home. And that's a lot of home games. Your front half of your schedule is really the away games, but they're uh, the way that they've done these out-of-conference games, they're not playing one single well, – I guess they're playing Sharando away, uh, but they're playing Hedgesville at home, Martinsburg away. So three – or let me look – double calculate this in my head so martinsburg jefferson are away along with spring mills so that's your three uh conference games away then you have Sharando away but that's not too far away but you get to host morgantown wheeling park bridgeport and parkersburg as your out of conference schedule and those teams are great teams and being able to host those may help by the way the morgantown one is september 23rd there you so go the 30th is there yep. by 30th will be there by uh but you know shaping up to be a great year and when you have those games at home it definitely helps yeah, but you're starting with four straight road games. That is a tough schedule for any team, and a team that's coming off uh, last season, and we'll have to see how they are this year because when uh, didn't mention it yet, but looking at that article that Koss put out, you got 55 guys and 37 freshmen. I think that that so may be 37 freshmen. I don't know if that's just two completely different things. Or if that is in the total of the 55, we'll have to double-check when we get there today. But if it's in the total, that is a very, very young team. Well, if you look at last year's roster here that we have and the number of underclassmen on this roster, I believe there are 12 seniors on this roster, I think. Somewhere around there I was telling you earlier. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a lot of seniors this year, but that may have been 37 freshmen that, that are coming out to practice. Not in the number, I don't think. I don't know. Because that seems like a lot comparatively to how many players are already on their roster. Well, I think uh, just this season in general, Musselman comes off of a year that was uh, disappointing. I can remember Coach Thomas at times, even with the injuries, was kind of disappointed with his team's uh, overall performance. So I think that will be something that – you know they want to really key on because they're not used to having losing years at Musselman and uh, I don't think that will become a trend and uh, they'll bounce back this year but I also would expect kind of some changes in, in the typical Musselman style of play is pretty possible because like we said Baden Hartman now comes back at quarterback uh, they have two all-state caliber receivers returning so Musselman you think of their football team and it's typically a run-heavy offense, but I think we could see uh, more passes and more of a balanced attack this year, and they definitely have kind of a scheme that can do that. And one benefit to an extent, I mean, you never want to see guys get hurt, but all those younger players that they had on the team last year got significant playing time and varsity experience that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So while you know the year was disappointing, the injuries, obviously you never want to have injuries, but it could help them this year. So I think they're definitely a team to look out for here in the EPAC as now a team that has a lot coming back that got experience due to injuries last year and has a lot of talent and is also probably pretty 
angry about how last season ended. So I think they're definitely a team to look out for this year and uh, looking forward to seeing them today at practice, getting to talk to the coach, Brian Thomas, again, and some players. Uh, because now, you know, last time we talked to him even was seven on seven. So, I mean, now they're kind of into a real football mode and, and can hit and put on pads and stuff. So they have a better idea for what their team uh, looks like. Yeah, and, you know, I want to go back and correct myself. I was looking at Max Preps, and I tell Colin all the time, don't trust Max Preps. So I went on the WVSSAC website, found the schedule. Uh, so they do have those first four games on the road at Spring Mills, at Martinsburg, at Jefferson, at Sherando. They're home the 23rd of September and the 7th of October against Morgantown and Hedgesville, and then away at Wheeling Park, according to the schedule on the SSAC website, then home against Washington and Bridgeport, and then week uh, week 11, the final week of the season, they are away at Parkersburg. Uh, so that kind of turns some different things away because you've got that long trip to Wheeling Park along with a pretty long trip to Parkersburg. I'd have to look at the other schedules, but out of the ones that I know, that's one of the, if not the toughest schedule it sounds like at least within state opponent wise i know martinsburg probably you got to put because of uh the teams that they play there starting off against salem you got highland springs as well two of the top 10 teams coming out of virginia but this musselman team if they want to have a winning record and getting back to that they're really going to have to earn it this year yeah i mean that was how their schedule was last year they wanted that tough challenge and that's what b tom told us during seven on seven yeah and and they've put together i think the same schedule as last year maybe one or two different it is the same schedule from what i've seen so i mean they're playing a very tough schedule but i mean if you want to have success and you want to make the playoffs playing those better teams tend to help your chances if you're able to get those wins so uh even if their record ends up being not the best um, if they're able to get some of those quality wins against you know AAA opponents, uh, that can really help your team. Maybe if a team is beating up on AA and single A teams, so that that that's definitely a, a good schedule for Musselman, even though it is a challenging one. And uh, I think I think they'll have success this year. Like I said, I think as long as they're healthy, you know, they have a good core returning, and they definitely have a talented team. And I think, you know, when you look, I've heard, you know, a lot in the last couple of weeks about Sharando being a much improved team. And, you know, we saw Martinsburg just completely tropple them at home last year. Um, I think that going for Musselman, having to go there is not going to be, I mean, it's not that far away. I think it's probably like a 30, 25, 30 minute drive there from Musselman. But uh, to play on the home field of somebody else four straight weeks is is definitely going to where they come out after four weeks is going to show the grit of the team and see how much how many wins they can nail out on four straight away games yeah it's going to be tough to start the season with four straight away games and those first three being all against epac opponents that's i mean four is almost half yeah Next thing you know, if uh, obviously they don't want that, well, three but they have they, they literally have their their half of their conference schedule will be out of the way by the ninth, the end of the game on the ninth of September. Obviously, it's worst case scenario, but if you start zero and four because it's just on the road and something happens like that, you have to win out to have over five hundred, and it's tough to win out. And I think it's going to be how 
much are Hartman and Adamas going to be that dominant force in pass or throwing to catching? Because, I mean, if you look on paper, those two could be the combination in the EPAC. I I still think they're going to run the ball quite a bit. I mean, that's Musselman's style of play. And in terms of conference games, I mean, obviously we know the EPAC is tough, but even if you're having to start the year of a lot of conference games early, um, you know, in football, it really doesn't matter if you beat your conference opponents. I mean, obviously you need to to have a winning record, but in terms of just like, like in basketball and baseball, when like those send you off to the playoffs, you don't, it's all a point system, so... I mean, it helps the, because the time it's triple when you, A. Yeah, no, it definitely helps. I'm just saying, but they're, all their opponents are triple A. And, and they're going to get... But you also expect those three teams to have good records. No, I mean, those, those are all good points. teams. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm just saying it's not like baseball or basketball. When, I like, agree it, with that. It determines your playoff seating completely. Not always. Coaches do vote. Right, no, but I mean, like, <laughs> you have to get through your conference to get into the state I'm just tournament. messing with you on that. I got you. But I think uh, we'll find out a lot today here at the. Uh, when well, we we'll go. find out a lot week one. Yeah, when we actually see them play. Well, we all this is just mumbo jumbo. We don't know until you take the field. Yeah, it is true. But I think when you go out and see them practice, you get a little bit more. Yeah, of we'll a, get a better feel. We'll get a better feel, and we'll of... get to talk about them as the week after they've started practice. So they've been in practice for a week now, and I think that kind of helps us when we're going to go to these training camps. Is we're not seeing practice number one. Or practice number four, we're seeing practice number eight, nine, at well, least. We'll see how much we see today because of how hot it's going to be outside. Yeah, it's going to be hot, but uh, I, I mean... That it, is a concern, but we can talk about that later. It's not yeah. really something uh, we need to talk about on the air. But That will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kim Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. Be back for more Sports Mix on the other side of this two-minute break. Hear from every EPAC coach every week on the Sports Mix this fall. They really showed that they have a lot of grit. They can play with just about anybody. That's the culture that we've been building here at Washington High. You know, our senior leadership stepped up and said his playoffs are bust for us. Pretty much the same thing we've been saying since day one. Stay humble, stay hungry. They never solidify some things. I really think the key for our team is the control. They do some things that if we're not ready, they'll be the team that's sitting there at 500 at the end of the night. The Sports Mix, weekdays from 12 to 1 and re-aired from 5 to 6. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this August 9th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Puinick, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us here as we'll now transition from high school football to the NFL here, we'll uh, kind of just go around each uh, of the teams that we kind of are in this area. We will re- relatively cover on this uh, show and air on the station. We'll start with the Commanders. We get the news here, what, around, you say, 11.15, 11.30 maybe? Somewhere within the 11 o'clock hour. That the Commanders at the post-practice press conference, Ron Rivera reveals that he has, in fact, fired defensive line coach Sam Mills the third due to quote philosophy differences uh, you're firing your defensive line coach 
was this two weeks in a training camp, five days or less, four days from the first preseason game. Yeah, it seems like an interesting time to uh, do that and a little surprising as well because I didn't see this on anybody's radar that there were any philosophy issues or anything like that. But with the struggles that the defensive line had last year compared to the season before, I guess it makes sense. But at the same time, last year Chase Young was hurt for a majority of the season, so We'll have to see if this adds a boost to the defensive line, which is supposed to be the bright spot of the defense for the commanders. And the more I'm reading into this, it could have something to do with um, Matt Ioannidis being released. So Matt Ioannidis, one of the you know big interior defensive linemen backups, kind of a guy that will play a good solid snaps for you when you need to get your – starters out of the ball game and he's pretty he's a solid guy they cut him out of nowhere do you remember that yeah and we're like what and then they said it was a cap saving uh salary cap saving measure but he only saved like four point or some small amount and uh i guess it kind of has to do with the way that uh their relationship is with Mills and this is a this is what JP Finley wrote in January. Mills and some defensive linemen didn't have the best relationship. He wrote that in January. Now here during the press conference, Ron Rivera said, "quote I felt like something has to be done." So he did something, which is kind of interesting. You fire your defensive line coach, you know, into training camp as far as they are, but uh, you know you have a guy there, your assistant defensive line coach. Um, don't have his name off the top of my head. Do you remember who it is, Colin? It's uh, Jeff Zig. I, I can't Zignamba. say Zignana. That's who it is. Okay, Jeff Zignana. Yeah. yeah, he played in the NFL for yeah. a long time. Uh, was a seventh-round pick by the Steelers, and he played for like a long time, like 14 years or something. But uh, in terms of firing the defensive line coach, I mean, it's definitely kind of like a strange time to do it. Uh, like we said, you know, the week of the first preseason game. But I also don't know if it's like a huge deal that they fired the defensive line coach because it, is, it is just a positional coach. And if there was, you know, some issues, I mean, we don't know what the actual issue is. For all we know, he might have said something that Ron Rivera didn't like. Or, yeah. or like, like, who knows what. And they might have just been having issues just in general. Um, so... You know, to fire your D-line coach, it's definitely weird timing. But in terms of how it will impact the commander's season, I don't think it will have a huge impact on, like, their overall record or anything like that. But it's definitely a weird time to do so. So that that would be my only concern. And I think, you know, I was reading it said Warren Sapp was in attendance at camp today helping out Ryan Kerrigan, who retired officially ever since then. He's been kind of shadowing coaching positions to see if he really wants to get into it. I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if an assistant spot opened up for him now. Yes, but also I think Warren Sapp, he's, I think he's a friend of Rivera, and I think he, he if I remember he's come out to practice before, but I think maybe he's here for the rest of the week just to try to help Zagnata know what he's doing. Not not, not that he doesn't know what he was doing. Kerrigan, though. Yeah, but I'm talking about Warren Sapp being I there. I think Sapp helps them from the uh, I was just a lot of guys look up to him. I was, yes. I was talking yes, about yes. Kerrigan for the but record. I think Warren Sapp's there this week to kind of make sure that they get everything to go game week. Because you're in, you're starting to install for game week, even though you know you're 
it's going to be your young guys that are really that are kind of important not having the coach that they've been taught from since OTAs and minicamp. So I don't really see it being a problem for Jonathan Allen or Montez Sweat or any of those guys, the veterans, but I think it's a could be an issue for the rookies. And I think that's why you bring in, because I think Warren Sapp was there uh, during rookie minicamp at some point. So I, I think maybe you bring him back this week just to help out, just to help game week with these young guys. And, uh, you know, maybe Ryan Kerrigan. You bring up that point. Sav's the best guy to have around your football team. All right, (laughs) whatever you say. Uh, But I think Ryan Kerrigan. That could be an interesting. That's true. Yeah, that could. That's kind of right up their alley. (laughs) I think if that defensive assistant line coach pops up, and Kerrigan likes his time during training camp as kind of shadowing everybody, maybe he does, because I do believe he is. He does live here now. They bought a home here. Here, or, like in not Mindsburg here or? in okay. in the DC area. Say maybe he wants to be a Bulldogs no. assistant coach. <laughs> no, but That'd I think that Ryan Kerrigan helping that uh, that team could be very helpful if he wants to stay on and coach. If there's a spot for him, maybe. All right, let's now transition to uh, the Ravens. Uh, we talked yesterday, the breaking news coming out about Justin Tucker signing or re-signing on an extension. Uh, he becomes, re-becomes the highest paid kicker after Chris Boswell, the Steelers, had tied him for five mil a year last year. Did you read all the stuff in the contract, Nick? I, I knew that Boswell had gotten his deal, but I didn't read into it too much. Did no. you read in Tucker's is what I was asking? I just know that he got the 24 mil and the 17 and a half is guaranteed. He got a big signing bonus. I think almost twelve million in the signing bonus. Good for him, and he definitely deserves that. I mean, he's the most accurate kicker in NFL history. Just made the longest field goal in league history, and uh, is already, in my opinion, a Hall of Fame kicker. So now uh, signed through twenty twenty seven. Do you have yeah. him on your fantasy team? We I talked don't. about a. <laughs> he's not that great yesterday. for fantasy sometimes because the Ravens don't always score a lot of points, or but he does. Yeah, sometimes, but I don't mm-hmm. know. He's good, definitely for fantasy. But I don't know. I'm re- I'm repping Daniel Carlson because the Raiders like to be in shootouts. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, in terms of uh, Ravens training camp news, I mean they got J.K. Dobbins. Active yeah, that, that was one thing that I was going to say was you bring you get J.K. Dobbins activated. I think that definitely helps that running back core that uh, seemed. Uh, very much so small going into this training camp. I mean, camp both the of their running backs were out due to injury, yeah. torn ACLs, and Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. So Dobbins coming back, uh, now did he look ready in the videos that they showed? No. But he'll he'll be supposedly ready for week one, uh, which is a month away. So he's got time to you know, gear up for the regular season. I think uh, – they signed some good veteran running backs. The guys that they signed last year were kind of like last minute. Oh no, you know both of our running backs are hurt, so let's just get what's out here in Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell. These guys that they signed now in Mike Davis and Corey Clement, if there are injuries in their backfield, are going to be guys that are in shape because they're going to go through a training camp. Devontae Freeman went through training camp with the Giants, I believe, but he was the only guy that. Had I believe had made it through a training camp with a team. Murray was with the Saints, so I guess those guys were, but you know, it's more like guys that they actually want on the roster, younger players uh, that I think if they were to have an injury could step in and play the role, but obviously Dobbins and Edwards 
those the goal is for them to be the the leaders in the backfield and if jk dobbins is healthy i think he could have a great season for the ravens so you definitely want him out there any thoughts? nothing on the ravens let's kind of move over to the steelers as we air the steelers games as much as we possibly can here on the station and you know that quarterback competition uh pretty interesting there because y- you have the quarterback you drafted kenny pickett out of Pitt. you have mitch trubisky and you have mason rudolph uh and uh rocky blyer uh steelers legend came out yesterday he said in my opinion it's up to mason to where that goes does he really want to fight for a spot or does he not but i think uh it could be interesting to see what their first game set for this saturday at 7 p.m we'll see uh really what happens but all signs are pointing to mace or mitch trubisky excuse me being the the starter right now i think that makes the most sense that's the reason why they signed him is because they wanted a veteran guy to even though he hasn't been the most successful quarterback still be there for a safety net to give you more time to train Pickett because it seems like Rudolph's on his way out even though he's the one that's been there in that system the most so it'd be interesting to see I guess what order between Rudolph and Pickett it goes if something were to happen to Trubisky I think in my head at least at the beginning of the season if something happened to Trubisky, you would have to go to Rudolph and not to pick it just yet because by the looks of it, Rudolph probably knows everything more because he's been there since 2018. He's more comfortable with the system, even though he might not be more talented than Pickett in some people's eyes. I think it's the safer choice that you would have to go with to give Pickett more time. Yeah, I, I think Mitch Trubisky is the clear-cut starter, and a guy that maybe gets a little bit overly criticized at times uh, because of a few things. One, where the Bears drafted him and they passed on you yeah. know, Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. But uh, in terms of you know his success at times on the field, I mean, he's an MVP. We're talking about an MVP, a Nickelodeon game MVP. That's MVP, not MVP. Yeah, MVP. <laughs> Completely different. So that's a big thing. And he lost. He lost the game, but he won the award, Colin. It's all about the award, man. But anyway, uh, in terms of like other things that I actually think are positives about Mitch Trubisky, you know, people criticize him a lot, but he actually has a better career record as a starter than Deshaun Watson. So I mean, he he can win you games. He can, you know, do a few good things. And you got to remember, this was a Matt Nagy coach team. Now some stability at the coach spot, I think, is big in Mike Tomlin. So. While I don't think Mitch Trubisky is going to lead the Steelers to a great season, I think they'll probably be around 500. I think you also can't pay uh, $7 million for a backup quarterback. No, you're not going to have him start the season at the backup. Now, if he struggles, then you'll just go to pick it and you'll roll for whatever that turns out to be because you know he's the rookie. He's the guy you picked 20th overall yeah. uh, and probably reached on based on how the quarterbacks went in this last season's draft. So... Uh, Overall, though, I think it's Trubisky's job. I'm, I'm in agreement with Colin that if Trubisky were to get hurt, then you would throw Rudolph in, especially if it's early in the season. But um, in terms of like who you might go to if he struggles, then I'd probably go to Pickett, just because you've already seen a lot of Mason Rudolph uh, because Ben Roethlisberger's had some injury issues over the years, and he really hasn't been anything spectacular. 
All right, well, we'll kind of stop for a minute, two minutes, our NFL talk. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll continue. Uh, Roquan Smith from the Chicago Bears has requested a trade. Uh, the NFL asked on-field officials to focus on illegal contact fouls, and uh, we'll get into more of that next. This segment is sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg. Go to 360 Hack Wilson Way for more. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. Uh, I guess we'll start. We'll continue in the AFC North. Uh, Bengals, a couple of news items, interesting news items. Another NFC North or AFC North team has uh, changed their naming of their stadium as the Bengals uh, are now going to go by their stadium, which was Paul Brown Stadium, named after their founder, right? Yeah. Uh, they will now call it Paycor Stadium, the team announced today. The naming rights to they've sold the naming rights to a Cincinnati-based Paycor, a company that specializes in human resources software. Well, at least an AFC North team uh, sold their stadium naming rights to something in their area. <laughs> but they disrespected the legendary Paul Brown. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. Are you going to be Paul Brown Field at uh, Paycor Stadium? You got to do something. You can't, you can't just go away from your owner or your founder and owner like that. I guess. I don't know. I'm not in charge of the Bengals. Maybe Paul Brown will curse the team, and they'll start losing again. I don't think that's going to happen. Why not, Colin? They have a good team. So? I don't know. I've seen mocks things this year. They're not projected. You curses? They're not projected into the playoffs. Other apparently. than the uh, curse of the, the Andino. Andino. <laughs> That's All the right. only one. Well, let's right. continue. Bengals quarterback uh, Joe Burrow, I believe he had emergency appendix surgery? Yes. Yes. Appendectomy two weeks ago. He's back on the practice field and feeling better as he's tossing uh, passes at training camp. Uh, which is good to see because, you know, those things you could – something could come up, but he could be – I don't think he plays in the first preseason game. I don't think he don't plays, think he plays in, in preseason any. at all. Yeah. I think you throw him out there maybe for one series. Yeah, maybe in the, possibly. like, final one for a quarter or two. I don't know because now they don't have four. Now it's kind of weird how you do that. Like, because usually that last preseason game, your starters are comp- – like anybody that's secured a spot is not dressed. So I can't remember how they do that now. It's injuries now, man. But it'll be interesting to see how much he can get back into throwing quickly and if he can, you know, I don't think a appendectomy is going to do that much to you. But uh, that's the AFC North news. Uh, the NFL has asked on-field officials to focus on illegal contact fouls during the 2022 season. Uh, what do we think about this? Because it seems like every year there's a focus that the uh, rules uh, committee kind of says to focous on. Shouldn't Before it was be pass interference. 
Last year, I think it was quarterback hits or two years ago. Those are both illegal contacts, so that doesn't make sense to me. Like, there should have already been a focus on that, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really think that's much news. Maybe they just want more of those to be called. But in terms of how it will change things, I don't know if it will because, I mean, they're going to call what they see. So if they don't see if they didn't see it before and weren't calling it, why would they see it now? Unless this puts more pressure on them to make those calls, which could always be bad for the game. Kind of like down the they, game. Yeah, and kind of like when they put the challenge in for pass interference, and everybody but, realized that was dumb. So, so this came out yesterday. The NFL has asked to pay particular attention to the illegal contact fouls during the 2022 season. The request could lead to an increase in such flags following a big drop during the 2021 season because it was 2020, I think, they were focusing on that. Uh, obviously, illegal contact refers to contact by a defender when the quarterback still has the ball and remains in the pocket. It's a five-yard penalty and results in an automatic first down. Uh, they're an average of 97 times per season from 2002 to 2020, but that number dropped to 36 last year. The decrease prompted the NFL Competition Committee to include illegal contact among its points of clarification, uh, formerly known as their points of emphasis for this 2022 season. Uh, so we're going to see a lot more flags, a lot more illegal contact. Yeah, well, maybe an average amount of flags if they return uh, I to mean, what it, they did before. Maybe they're going mean, to... I would presume they like were still calling flags. something. They were still calling something, right? I mean, yeah, maybe they were just calling it wrong. Maybe they were calling pass interference instead of illegal contact. I don't know. I don't or know. Or roughing the passer. Well, I think it, it's for the receivers, is what illegal contact is. Well, I don't know. This says refers to prohibitive contact by a defender when the quarterback still has a ball and remains yeah, in Yeah, meaning... The, oh, that, yes, yeah. you're right. Yes. You they were dropping contact. that. Because then it was that whole pass interference penalty a few years back that uh, they were focused. That was their point of emphasis then, and then everybody got mad about it, so then they kind of dropped going to it, and now they're kind of going back to it, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Roquan Smith from the Bears has requested a trade. Uh, A lot of trade requests, some being denied. Uh, He says the Bears don't value him, which is pretty interesting. I mean, he's a good linebacker, so if any team is – and he's young, too. So any Commanders. team probably uh, be willing to trade for a guy like Roquan Smith. I think he'd be a good fit for the Commanders. I think he'd be a good fit for the Baltimore Ravens. But Both teams need linebackers. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if either of them get in on this, if this actually ends up being a thing. But uh, definitely a quality player to pick up. So if the Bears actually don't value him, or maybe he's just doesn't want to play for the Bears because they stink, uh, either one, uh, this would be a good guy to to go out and get for, like I said, pretty much every team in the league, I think, could use a linebacker like Roquan Smith. I think the Commanders, I think it'd be a big spot because linebacker seems to be their weak spot this year, and it's everywhere that it's their weak spot. So I think if you can get a good guy good player like Roquan Smith now what would you have to give up for him is exactly. question in a trade uh I don't I don't know unless they're going to trade well they don't picks. value him so like a sex seventh round pick probably <laughs> I, yeah see him. maybe it's a, maybe you get a steal if they don't value him yeah 
I don't know. We'll have to wait and find out. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, uh, the preseason polls, coaches' polls, have come out for the NCAA football. We'll talk about that and uh, get into some baseball news when we wrap things up next on today's edition of the Sports Mix. After this, two-minute break. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your August 9th, 2022. Brought to you in part by the Mayor's Group of the Mayor Prize Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Mayor Prize Financial Services at 304 263 4343 stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Puyink, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us. About five or so minutes left in today's show. Uh, we'll start this final segment talking about the college football USA Today coaches poll. Uh, not a shocker. Alabama with 54 plurt first, first place votes and in first. Uh, kind of weird though is I don't. I guess this is points. I don't quite understand how this works, though. It's in second is Ohio State with five first place votes, and then in third is Georgia. Georgia with six first place votes. I guess it's the number of other votes. Yeah, the second count place into votes, there. third place votes. Yeah. Uh, one team that is ranked 18th out of this 25 has received one vote. One now, first place vote. One first place vote, and that being Texas. Now, who in the world can you vote as? Can you, as your own coach, vote for your own team? It's a select amount of coaches, I think, that actually voted it. From what I can remember, I I just don't I don't understand. I, I'm kind of confused here. But we'll give you the top ten: Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, Texas A and M, Utah at eight, Oklahoma at nine, Baylor at ten. Oklahoma State's at 11 there as kind of that big, the big 12 there. Uh, let's see, Pitt ranked 16th, uh, Miami 17th, again, Texas 18th, Wisconsin 20th, uh, Arkansas 23rd, Ole Miss at 24, Houston at 25, Penn State's receiving some votes, uh, trying to see other teams. Iowa. Received some votes. I was surprised that Iowa was not in the. Uh, oh yeah, top yeah. They were. They're the, they've the received season. the most votes. Two hundred forty-eight out of that. So out of the ones that didn't. Yes, get in so the they'd top be ranked twenty-sixth. So. Uh, Florida State only receiving one vote. I guess they're going under whole I mean, lock of changes down there. Iowa State receives three votes. Uh, Kansas State receives five votes. No. Uh, no WVU receiving votes. But, hey, WVU gets to, according to the coaches' poll, start with a ranked team. Which definitely, if they could beat them, will <laughs> push things around a lot, and they That's could be receiving good. votes by week two. It's still early. It, as uh, Nick mentioned off the air, what does the coaches' poll really matter? The only one that does is later on in the season when it's the uh, – college football playoff rankings yeah so, the yeah. associated press top 25 will be released august 15th so coming up here in about six days uh the other team in the state marshall will be playing in a new conference the Sun Belt. uh the Sun Belt's got a few teams receiving votes appalachian state receives 10 votes coastal carolina receives two votes louisiana receives two votes uh i think that is it 
in, you know the, what? in the Sun Belt. <clears throat> Notre Dame, if they beat Ohio State week one, Marshall will upset Notre Dame week two. <laughs> They'll be riding high. They'll be like, oh, we're, we're going to the playoff. And then they run into that thundering herd, and then boom, season's over. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, but no, again, they're going to lose by 60, <laughs> realistically. <laughs> All right. Uh, Notre Dame loses to Ohio State by 60? realistically uh, is that what you're Ohio saying? State's I, I probably going to beat Notre Dame by like three touchdowns yeah and then Marshall will probably lose by like 40 actually to Ohio State well it, it just you depends mean to Notre Dame? Or, well they yeah they lose to both by about 40 now um sometimes Notre Dame though struggles with like bad teams every once in a while yeah like Navy, it'll be interesting to see or I think they that Navy one's going to be interesting this year apparently it's at M&T yeah that makes sense what game Navy uh, Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Oh, yeah, yeah, Navy just canceled a game with Marshall. Did you see that, Nick? I didn't see that, no. Uh, yeah, because they're playing the uh, the game. I believe they're playing a game in Dublin, maybe? Right. Is yeah. Navy in that one? Yeah, okay. Navy's playing a game in Dublin, and it's the week after or something, so they want to give them an Shamrock extra week. Shamrock series. I don't, I'm not exactly sure, uh, but that, that's what it is. Who do they play? I thought they played Navy. Or Notre Dame, I thought. Yeah, I think no, that's, that's who it is. that's that M&T, I said. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. This is a, like next year, yeah. I think. All right. Well, Nats fall yesterday 6-3 to three to the Cubs, 36-75 and 75 on the season. Not a shocker. They're not looking good. Uh, Anibal Sanchez gave up three runs, uh, two home runs. One from Luke Voigt. He had another home run. Uh, I guess well, he maybe wants to be there. Trade him at the deadline. Uh, but the O's, they get another big win, guys. They did. Yeah, and they beat the Blue Jays in the uh, wild card race. So I think it's one and a half games back, or the one others. game back now. One game back. Yeah, now. awesome. Yeah, so they keep winning, and uh, people keep hating. I saw another ESPN article said they were the biggest losers of the trade deadline. So wasn't uh, written by Buster Olney though, which he's usually the guy that's like all hating on the is he's like oh they're like the braves they're 500 at the deadline they just gave up <laughs> all like, right well in the world series injury also. news chris sale out for the remainder of the season for the red Sox, and uh carpenter out uh most likely the rest of the regular season for the yankees so that could help the o's in the race but that'll do it for this <laughs> edition <laughs> of the, the sports yankees. mix what they're not catching the yankees i mean i don't know that'll do it for this edition of the sports mix for colin Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Sports Mix.